Welcome to a special bonus episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I have this uh, long, three-hour-long conversation that I had with a good comedian friend of mine. His name is Keith Burr. And you can reach Keith at KeithBurr.comedy on Instagram. You can also find him on Twitter, Keith Burr, that's E-U-R-R. And you can reach me at Chef by Comedy. That's Chef B-R-Y. And uh, yeah, this is a really uh, good, fun bonus episode. I just wanted to put it out there uh, so that you guys have something to chew on until the new season starts. Uh, the new season will start in November. Um, frankly, I'm getting bored, you guys. Uh, I'm still waiting for Dell to send me my new computer. Finally, they okayed it. Uh, but it's been literally a month uh, since I've heard from them. And I've talked to them several times, and they keep telling me it's on its way. It's going to be here by October 1st, and it's like, okay. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be going on vacation in California uh, October 5th through the 12th. And then when I get back, I'm going to start putting out some uh, content for you guys. And uh, in the meantime, yeah, I'm kind of chomping at the bit to get going. I've been uh, kind of bored lately, to be quite honest. So uh, so I've, I've been out there networking. I'm going to be on another podcast called Above the Bar Podcast. That's going to be in January, and I'll tell you guys more about that later. But uh, in the meantime, here's a nice conversation that we had. It's three hours long. I'm going to break it into three parts. And uh, yeah, just a little something for you guys to chew on until I come back with new episodes. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, I miss you guys. I hope you're doing well. Let's get started. So I don't know why that's happening. Oh, it was my headphones. That's exactly what it was. Oh, that sounds a lot better now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You sound just as like fears driven snow. Oh, good, 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 good. Great, grand, wonderful. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was gonna say I'm yellow snow, but uh, thanks for the compliment. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm that's all the same to me. Not so pure anymore. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, that means that you have stories to tell. You know, and, uh, that's, that's a life. That is true. This is true. <laughs> uh, well, everybody, uh, people know me on here a little bit. You know, I'm Keith. I'm a comedian. I'm from Kentucky. I'm a behavioral, uh, behavioral therapist in my fun time. And, you know, picked a fun career path to just change from in the middle of pandemic. You know, said, I'm going to leave this. I'm going to go be a comedian. I'm an insane person. Don't ever follow my footsteps. And we've got Brian Russell here, who's almost a complete stranger to me, but I, I really I warm up to people fast, and I don't understand boundaries. So here we are. And Brian, <laughs> you want to give yourself a bit of an introduction here? Yeah, sure. So hi, guys. Uh, my name is Brian Russell. I host a little podcast called Surviving Empathy, and I sometimes break into my radio voice, so you'll hear me go, Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bright Comedy. But uh, today, I'm going to keep it mellow for you guys. But I'm also a comedian, and I used to be a chef, and I worked as a chef for about 12 years. Uh, and I also was a radio personality on the Central Coast of California. So, yes, uh, much like Keith and his insanity, uh, I got tired of working bad jobs like Lowe's. And I decided to become a stand-up comedian uh, and podcaster and activist. So that's what I do. Oh, I got to ask, what are you acting on? What's, what's your cause here that you'd like to support? Tell uh, my, 
Yeah, my activism is mostly political activism, uh, social equality, uh, you know, just trying to get folks because a lot of people nowadays just aren't politically engaged. And so uh, there's a lot of gaps in people's information. And based on those gaps, people make really poor political choices. They don't know who to vote for. They don't know who to trust. There's a lot of uh, uh, people nowadays that don't understand our socio-political uh, 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 landscape. And so what I'm trying to do on the podcast as well as in life is get people to understand how politics works, how uh, government, government and governance works, and then try to get people, because most people have a distrust or disdain towards government. And so what I'm trying to do is, is, is familiarize people with the government uh, how it works and uh, who's the good guys, who are the bad guys and uh, how to create more change for regular working class people. That's what it's all about. Yep. You know, it's, um, you know, like in a bug's life, you know, by ourselves, we're pretty, we're pretty powerless, but in groups, yeah, that's where it comes in. That's where our power really comes into play. And I think a lot of people don't really, you're right. They don't understand socio-political, you know, just atmosphere of anything you know so much is lost in the jargon that you know the people that are in power the way that they say things a lot gets lost in translation to you know regular joe which i'm regular keith so i mean i just i know a little bit but most of the time right. i feel like i've watched um an entire generation of like my people like you know whenever we would try to read we would read a book we wanted to know what was inside of it like i've seen that dynamic change to people that just want to read the book to say that they've read it now and it's it's weird to me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the thing of it is, is that uh, politics now is uh, very much a game of left versus right. He said, she said. And so what we have is uh, the difference between throwing a bullet and shooting a bullet, where you have the right, where the, ta- the, the tail is wagging the dog, where they have Fox News, Newsmax, OAN, uh, that have no compunction against lying to their audience whereas to a lesser extent yes you still have on the liberal side a liberal echo chamber where uh, we create a lot of our own hype and hoopla uh, and so we we there's a lot of you know uh, agreeing with each other going on but there's very little action going across the aisle and so what we're having to do nowadays is is twofold we have to educate people about the good and the bad and the not so good aspects of politics. And so once you familiarize people, uh, not only with the players, but with the process, we can start engaging in a way where we really start making a difference because I don't have any extreme liberal agendas. I am a small P progressive, but I don't think of myself as a Democrat at all. In fact, I really try to stay as neutral as possible. But the problem is, is that the right wing nowadays is so uh what's the word batshit that we have been forced to take stands where normally we wouldn't and that's why you see in in comedy uh, especially like on television comedy uh where a lot of there's a very thin veil between being a comedian and being a a political satirist now because uh they have forced us to have to be educated in those matters in order to fight against tyranny and misinformation yeah, and a lot of the uh, the blame there relies on people that really just use their like political views as a way to identify as a way to identify themselves. Like you know, the 
what do they you say um they get their identity from their politics that identity politics type shit (laughs) and you know they're so wrapped up in not being wrong that you know they're willing to be willingly ignorant on a lot of things and turn their eye to a lot of fucked up stuff that you know their party's doing or what they claim their party's doing their party's not for them 90 percent of the time yeah and that's yeah that's absolutely correct and so you know i try very hard on the podcast um to because my podcast isn't about politics but i always end up slipping a little bit of politics in there because you can't ignore it these days because it's really defining our our uh especially as empaths uh we are very sensitive to vibes and so you cannot wake up in this country and not feel it uh they're everywhere trump supporters out there selling merch long past uh trump's uh fall from grace uh still out there acting like he's going to be reinstalled you know uh they're still still being radicalized daily and while i my best friend is a trump supporter and i have nothing against that in and of itself uh ignorance can beget a lot of um it's real easy to uh to to get your flock to uh, do your bidding when a lot of them don't really quite understand the full picture. And so that's what I try to do is simply in a way that's, I don't want to say nonpartisan, but close to as nonpartisan as I can get uh, a, a way of trying to educate and uh, try to get people to understand what the, what it all is all about. Because if you don't pay attention to politics uh, and all you do is vote every four years for your team, team red or team blue, uh, you're not you're not you're not doing any favors for the country. You you have to be engaged at least, you know, once in a while. I, I, I wouldn't recommend watching it daily because then you start becoming a part of that echo chamber. But we do need people who are engaged regularly so that we can start pushing uh, not I don't want to say agendas, but pushing policies that are going to affect and help regular working class people like us. Yeah, it'd be a perfect world if we could monetize morality, right? It would be nice. It would be very nice. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, sadly, no. And, you know, it is part of, I think, our responsibility as citizens to be aware of what's going on in our political systems. And, you know, with as much disinformation as that's thrown out there to the fray, I mean, it's really hard. You have to do your homework. You have to be a student of everything that's going on you have to be a keen observer of your environment and take those things into consideration and not only be able to take those things into consideration but be able to extrapolate what the truth is from those i mean it's it's a full-time job yeah you're absolutely correct keith because yeah we have a society now that like i said the tail is wagging the dog where we have uh people who are so fervently for Trump or for Fox News or for the conservative movement. And while I never take issue with someone being conservative, it's never about uh, attacking someone for what they are. It's about how they're being manipulated and how they're being uh, cajoled, if you will, into a movement that really doesn't serve their interests. And I wish I could get them to understand, but they don't. Yeah, you know, that's another thing that's a little bit strange to me is like these people's like just they use cognitive dissonance or willed ignorance to be able to just say, okay, yeah, my party's good. You know, like, do you know what your party's doing right now? Like, these people really—they're not aware that the the people that are in power have 
forgotten what being a social, uh, what being a civil servant is. Like they've lost the definition of servants. Like, yeah, we're, we're public servants, but uh, um, we're going to make the public serve us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's another thing that we have to get rid of too, is we have to get rid of the money in politics and we have to, you know, once upon a time, these, like you said, uh, these politicians, it used to be a great honor and privilege to go do that. And they didn't do it for a lifetime. It was not considered a career. It was doctors, lawyers, and teachers would go College. to Washington. Right. And for two years, they would serve their country and then they'd go back to their previous job. And so once we, you know, Citizens United was a terrible, terrible uh, decision that the uh, Supreme Court uh, upheld. Uh, I think it was 10 or 12 years ago, uh, and it, it really did uh, just kind of turbo boost the money in politics. And so now that corporations uh, can't are considered people, we're now in a system that is so monetarily corrupt. Uh, there's a million different ways to get paid in politics. And so it's really about trying to purify the message so that people understand what's really going on. Because like you said, the misinformation out there is absolutely profound. And how do we battle that, especially if we don't have, uh, you know, the platform to do so. So, you know, people like us, we're, we're down here at the podcast level. And then you've got Fox news and MSNBC way up there and they're owned by parent companies. And so they have all the money and they have all the clout and they too are doing podcasting now because they know how, just like us, how to brand and how to be relevant across the spectrum of uh, media. And so what we have to do uh, as little guys, as the podcast community is to not, not, you know, be obnoxious and annoying and be that echo chamber liberal or that echo chamber conservative. Uh, Cause it's not about, like I said, it's not about trying to, you know, uh, jab or uh, hurt uh, your, your opposite. It's about trying to empower everybody through honest discussion. And if we can educate and uh, get people to understand what it all is uh, you know, it, we'd all be better off, but whether, like I said, you, you know, there's so much misinformation out there. And then a lot of people nowadays are just completely entrenched in their camp and uh, they fall for a lot of the misinformation out there. And so 90% of the time when you're talking to a lay person, uh, they're going to say something crazy or stupid because they don't know what they're saying. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I would call it, you know, misinformed or, you know, ignorance. Well, I agree. I, I, I tried very hard on my podcast not to say crazy because it, my podcast is all about good mental health and robust living. Uh, and so I've even apologized on the podcast for using that word. And so I apologize for letting that slip. It's not that they're uh, crazy. It's, it's like you said, it's, it's a combination of misinformed, uh, uneducated, and unwilling to, to, to learn and grow. And so people, once they're entrenched in those camps and they have them by the balls, if you will, uh, they, they never let them go. And so it's, they continue to grow a, a radical cult of followers that uh, is very useful for the Republican Party when, when it comes to uh, the election uh, season and so they don't care about the collateral damage of what they're doing when we saw what happened on january 6th 
uh, and all these people going in there. You saw that lady. She, they thought it was all just for fun, and they're going in there. And I had no problem with that part of it. But once it started getting serious, you know, and I saw that lady get shot, I was like, holy shit, now things are different. You know, like, because she was under this uh, pretense that it's just all a lark. We're just having a good time with each other. We're just a bunch of conservatives and patriots, and we're going we're gonna to go storm the Capitol. And it's going to be a hoot. And then they get there and they're laughing and they're joking. And then pretty soon you realize that there are uh, dark forces that are uh, manipulating not only Donald Trump, but just extremist groups, militias, et cetera, Absolutely. who are, yeah, who are using those powers to, uh, to, to, to for an agenda that's much darker than most conservatives are. And that's why I don't want to uh, demonize conservatism because it's not about whether or not you have conservative values. It's whether or not you can see the difference between conservatism and extremism. Yeah. I mean, not much will make people bond together faster than chaos, you know, and then you take mm. into consideration, you know, the, one of the main, uh, one of the biggest human traits there is, and that's the terror of ever being found out that you're wrong or ever finding out you're wrong about what you think, you know, and, I think that a lot of this, like, the, this could be cleared up if we were able to just bring back genuine discussion. You know, uh, genuine discussion now without motives is almost gone. Like you were saying, oh, okay. you know, we've got this platform here. You know, I'm not very influential, but it's, I feel like I'm not influential because I do say the right things sometimes that would help a lot. <laughs> but, you know, maybe, yeah. maybe that's ego. But it's well, weird, you know, those powers that you're talking about, it's, we used to be so ingrained, like, into, like, society and our, um, let's see, our little um, towns and, you know, our communities that it, it something happens, then, uh, yeah, we're right on top of it. We're taking care of it. We're involved. And now, as they said, the powers that are pulling us apart are stronger than what we had to hold us together. And it's it's yeah. really scary. We've got radicalized Democrats. We've got radicalized Republicans. We've got radicalized people that don't know what they're even about. Oh, and, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And don't don't get me wrong. I, uh, when I when I talk about extremism, I have a tendency to, you know, uh, point to the right. But you're right. There are extremists on the left as well. Just that the difference is usually that they're less violent, um, but they but they still play the same uh, bad politics is the other side in that they, um, you know, they, it's an echo chamber. It's a ditto head mentality of we're all agreeing with each other, but we're not reaching across the aisle. And so what that does is you get all this, uh, kinetic energy, this whirlwind of, of, yes, I agree with that. Yes, yes, yes. And we all agree with this. And, and so they're getting it from their various sources, as we are getting it from our various sources. And so we're all agreeing with each other and we're creating this uh, ball of energy, if you will. And uh, energy is intention. I don't know if you guys have seen my podcast, but I talk about energy and intention a lot. Uh, when you have good intentions, it will show in your energy. Your energy will, will uh, let people uh, know that you're, you know, that you're a good guy, that you mean well, that your intentions are good. Uh, so at the end of the day, um, how do we tackle this in a way where we can uh, point to uh, the problems without uh, in inflaming those who are being pointed at, you know? 
I feel like we go to kind of Hansel and Gretel people to it, you know, kind of incept them into realizing, being able to take it into their mm-hmm. own accountability to think by themselves. You know, we give them the idea and then we let them come to the conclusion by themselves because nobody likes being told what to do, really. You know, that's, that's why what? the and nobody likes being wrong even more that's why these little echo chambers are so popular and you know it's just really it's confirmation and validation feel great i mean i almost survive Mm -hmm. off of that myself but whenever i find myself in the general consensus or like the large group i kind of i take a step back and i have to reevaluate how i got there because for the most part you know the 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 big groups people you know the uh what what i say the general like the big oh shit jesus christ huh yeah whenever i find myself agreeing with the majority yeah something's wrong that's what i'm trying to say my bad hey yeah sometimes i stumble over my words it's fun stuff (laughs) that's okay brother (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and you got it right and um and so yeah my my podcast is mainly about you know empath stuff it's mainly about uh the paranormal encrypted but i also lot uh mental health and just how do we cope uh so you'll see a lot of episodes where uh it's like how do we deal how are we how do we deal when we wake up and we're we run out of hope or we run out of uh, positivity and so you know because that's the thing that's um you know we get so caught up in politics sometimes that sometimes we forget that we're all just human beings we all require the same things we all require sustenance we all require kindness and compassion we all require opportunities and so that's the problem sometimes is that one when you're in the political system even at our level um and you're trying to do your best work um you're talking about people out there uh who uh maybe haven't been engaged in this before and so they're pretty new to this stuff and so there's a lot of gaps of information there and so it can get really easy when you use forceful or harsh language to to turn people off and tune them out before that you've even had a chance to try to sway them or uh but i definitely agree with what you said is that you can't you can't force feed them the information they have to feel like they earned it and they got it themselves yeah it gives them like a sense of achievement and sure. like personal accountability is being sapped away from people. It's, you know, even down to like these apps that deliver people food. Like we live, we live in a world of convenience now, you know, apps bring us food you know, watches track our activity, our heart rate, stress levels. We got public Wi-Fi. I mean, all these systems and little you know, just con- conveniences in place that are taking away like our ability to take care of ourselves. Uh, and so we're trading, you know, our, I guess our security or, um, yeah, our security and our, um, being able to take care of ourselves for convenience. And it's, it's raising a group of people that I don't know if that, like, if that was all taken away, what would go on? Like, you know, we just fall into chaos immediately. Like we're just taking, I think these big companies are taking advantage of it because the benefits are pretty apparent. I mean, they're enticing too, you know, you know, saves you money a little bit, you know, saves you time. You can increase your productivity at home and immediate gratification, those types of things. You know, but however, the tool that make doing business more convenient can also make it less secure. And, you know, take, for example, online banking and digital transactions, right? You know, 
more and more people are like relying on these things to manage their finances on the internet and on their cell phones. All it takes is just a tap of their finger and they can check their account balance, you know, their bills, transfer cash. And, you know, they all use these encryptions and whatnot, but how secure are those encryptions? Do we, do anyone that use these apps really know what those encryptions even are? <laughs> yeah. And especially when they go into public Wi-Fi, they're just pretty much opening themselves up to have their identity stolen or at least be robbed. So, you know, on the flip side, I guess, you know, processes that make uh, individuals and businesses more secure are, you know, generally less convenient. But, you know, sometimes they put that like two steps. Never mind. I'm, I digress. These people are out <laughs> for our best interest. Yeah, no, and that's exactly it. And so it, it's very easy anymore to entice people um, in, mul- in a multitude of ways. Uh, you could play to their uh, sense of need and want and yearning. Uh, you can uh, uh, play to their strengths, uh, their sense of patriotism, their sense of uh, res- being a responsible citizen. Uh, you can play to their uh, sense of outrage. Uh, and, and injustice, uh, and you can play to their egos, and, and you can play to their sense of entitlement. People That's feel entitled nowadays. Yeah, the ego. Play to their sense of where they belong in the social strata. Oh, absolutely. I think I think that's sort of the main difference between Republicans and Democrats in that uh, most re- poor Republicans believe they're uh, about to be rich. And most poor Democrats know that they're going to probably be poor forever, even if that's not always the case. So both both of them are wrong, but they're just seeing it from a different point of view. Yeah, it's funny that they don't see that while they're scratching off lottery tickets next to each other at the gas station. <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> it's it's weird. Um, well, I don't I don't know. I keep saying it's weird, but I, I mean I understand it exactly. It's it's hard to get up there and dig through this information and figure out, you know, your own moral compass. It's hard to be an individual. It's, it's fucking one of the toughest yeah. things in the world. And, you well, know, and you find yourselves in these groups that give you this confirmation and validation and it feels good. It feels so good that you, you're like, Oh, I don't need, I don't need my own identity. You know, I'm just going to completely yeah. identify myself through this group. And, you know, and the opposite of that, like these people that are in the group, like group identities and stuff, all they too, like whenever you say like there's a bad group out there or somebody does something else, like the people on left or right, they'll take the worst examples out of that group and then judge the whole group by it themselves mm-hmm. by their best intentions. Oh, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that. Um, you know, I, you know, I was always the kind of person that wanted to be an individual and I was always the kind of person that uh, I always wanted to be different. I never wanted to be the same. I mean, I think when you're a kid, you want to be like everyone else. And then as you get older, you start to realize the importance of individuality. Um, but you're right in the sense that if you don't have the, uh, the confidence in yourself or you don't have exactly the intellectual experience or perhaps the emotional maturity, um, you latch on to people and things that that give you comfort or ease. And so what happened during the Trump years is a lot of people saw this guy who is basically as boneheaded as them when it came to politics and policy. And like um, he's a straight shooter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so. And so the thing of it is, is like, you know, I was never one to villainize uh, being a Trump supporter. I have two very good friends that are Trump supporters, and they both 
are have uh, different reasons for being that. And neither of them are racist and neither of them are sexist. And so, you know, it gets really easy to start generalizing about the way people are and, and what is wrong with them. And so when you start to hear, say, like on MSNBC, people talking about the deplorables, you know, sure, there are some deplorables out there, I will agree. But when you start using that kind of hateful language, you're only perpetuating the divide. You're not healing that ga- that that divide, and you're not healing people. Yeah. And so, if we can it's find like, better well, language, we can start finding better solutions. Yeah, using that kind of language to describe people is a slippery slope into dehumanization, and that's the Absolutely. first step in. in, in do uh, you agree? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, mean, that's, I think uh, that's. Go ahead. Oh, go go ahead, sir. Oh, I was, I was just talking about, you know, that's how, like, we turn neighbor against neighbor and then also justify violence because, you know, like, oh, shoot, I like this talk right now. This is good. Um, you know, it's, it makes doing horrible things to people easier if you don't regard them as human. Right. It's just like in uh, like in hostage negotiations, they, they teach FBI uh, agents. Right. You have to you, you use their name and you keep pressing them on their name. And you always use their name and you try to identify them as a person. And, yeah, once you stop using um, uh, specific uh, language, specific names and particulars, you can then generalize about people. Once you start generalizing about people, it gets real easy to think of them not as individuals, but as a, a group. And that group think is what is hurting America. It's what's hurting the country. Uh, well, and, and probably other countries as well, but I just don't live there. Um, but yeah, we have to start. Um, we have to start seeing each other as human beings again. And I, I think there's just so much outrage, uh, fuel, outrage fuel on the uh, in the media that we just stay on edge and stay angry uh, because it works. And that's why Fox News is so dangerous. You know, I have nothing against them having a media source uh, for themselves. All everybody, no matter what your politics is, uh, deserves a open and honest uh, media source to get your information from. But the problem now is, is that Trump and Trumpism sort of brought I mean, Fox News was on that slippery slope of lying their ass off anyways. And so now you get Trump and all the lies. And uh, now they're radicalizing their base so that they can start winning elections. And. I don't think Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump and uh, Kevin McCarthy and a lot of these uh, senior Republicans really care about the country or really care how they hurt people. And so I don't think there's uh, I don't think Republicans are bad. I don't think conservatism is bad. Uh, But the way this Republican Party has sort of they've been tested multiple times and had multiple chances to show that they uh could distance themselves from Trump and Trumpism, and they chose not to. And I know that's partly to do with the fact that we have uh, midterm elections coming up. And so their their game is to wait it out till the midterms. And if if Trumpism does really well in the midterms, then they know that they can double down on that. If it does very poorly, that's when they'll probably end up start to start breaking away and uh, hopefully becoming a, uh, their own party again. That's sort of separate of Trumpism. But uh, you know, they're 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 not 
they're not politically courageous people. They're, they're opportunists. And while that does exist on both sides, um, that cowardice and that um, you know, selfishness, uh, it's like I said, it's like the difference between throwing a bullet and shooting a bullet right now, because um, I sincerely believe that not all conservatives are bad, of course, uh, but I do believe that uh, the, the, the Republican Party in its current configuration is uh, trying to radicalize their base um, while and that becomes the distraction part of it. Their Fox News and the social uh, um, all those social issues, that's the magicians, uh, that's their, that's their, you know, smoke and mirrors. Yeah. And so they, while they're distracted, they're off doing their thing, which is trying to get wealthier and wealthier and wealthier and trying to create more and more laws and rules and regulations that work for wealthy people. And so that's where we have to be very careful because if, uh, it gets real easy for us as uh, news consumers to, like a cat, follow the laser, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, while they're doing that, they're, you know, they're laughing all the way to the bank. They're, you know, deregulating yep. things. They're killing uh, fairness in our economy. They're lowering opportunities. They're uh, uh, limiting uh, the corporations' responsibilities in terms of tax responsibility oh, yeah, or deregulation. Uh, <laughs> yeah and and yeah and reg- and even regulating uh for example uh air pollution water pollution things like that too so so we have to be very careful where we're at right now because it it's there's so many issues that are important and uh, none of it is really going very well right now and so it's easy to get discouraged and it's easy to get uh, radicalized on both sides and so how do you stay focused on what's important? How do you do political triage when there's so many distractions like, out there? I feel like, you know, being ingrained in your community is one of the first steps, you know, to actually have your ear to the ground and you know, listen and take in what's going on around you. I mean, you know, you were talking Absolutely. about how they take advantage of people, like, you know, how Trump doesn't care to, you know, step on somebody's neck as long as it makes him money you know that's a perfect little segue into you know our discussion here about psychopathy sociopathy and machiavellianism you know the three main components that make up well the three only components that make up the dark triad i don't know where that terminology came from the first person (laughs) that i I heard it from i believe was embarrassingly enough jordan peterson but you know i I Mm -hmm. love that guy it seems like he's trying mm-hmm. to be a father to a whole generation of people that have been otherwise disenfranchised. But, you know, it's not easy to spot a psychopath. I mean, they're intelligent for the most part. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, we right. have, you have those unbridled um, psychos out there that they get, they get themselves caught immediately, right? Yes. <laughs> but, you know, the high-functioning ones, they're, you know, they're intelligent, charming, good at mimicking sure. emotions. And yeah, I mean, they'll pretend to be interested in you, so you don't look at those other aspects of them. You don't really look at the deficits. You know, in reality, yeah. they probably don't give a fuck what you think about them. I mean, they're they're no. really good actors, and their sole mission is to manipulate you for just for their own gain. It's like one of my jokes out there is, um, you know, I'll, I'll say like, you know, we got all these people around here. They're like just trying to take advantage of you. They, I call them half a fax <laughs> because like they're not out yeah. here. They're only man enough to be gay. Who's out here to fuck me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and that was a perfect segue because, yeah, because I didn't, I don't want to uh, 
talk too much about politics because what we're seeing in politics is not uh, the, the, the problem. Well, it's a representation that, of our values. Yeah, well, what politics is, is politics is um, the, the end result of our values in decline. It's, you know, so when we see where the, we are in our politics, sure, it's easy to place blame on, you know, liberals or conservatives or whatever. Um, but that is a s- symptom. The, the fallout of what we're seeing in our politics is a symptom of what's, what's really going on. And what's really going on in the country is a combination of things, of course. It's never simple. But it is a combination of, uh, you know, um, manipulation. And that's where you get the Machiavellianism. Uh, Machiavelli was a uh, – I did a whole Nicolas. podcast about this, as you know. Uh, but the whole the whole Machiavellian so the dark triad is three traits: uh, Machiavellianism, uh, uh, psychopathy, and uh, narcissism. And so oh, those sociopathy. or sociopathy, yeah. Excuse me, sorry. Um, well, the and Machiavellianism are kind of like interchangeable terms, right? Yeah, they're very close. They're very close. Um, and psycho- psychopathy and sociopathy are very similar as well. Um, they're all antisocial personality disorders. Yes, exactly right. And uh, so, so in general, as empaths, we're both empaths. Uh, the what we are trying to identify in that dark triad, because no one's ever just one of those things. It's usually a mixture. Uh, you you know, and, and then. Uh, Exactly. And then even more than that, say, like for us, we're on a spectrum. We as empaths, because we care about people and yes, we care about uh, uh, the safety and comfort of others. Uh, things affect us. We're not we're not sociopaths. We we are affected uh, by the culture and by people. So so they can um, they can very easily uh, manipulate us uh, through our emotions. And so. Uh, but the point I'm making is simply that um, being empaths, uh, we have to be able to identify a psychopath or a sociopath or a narcissist or a Machiavellian, uh, because you're right. Um, what's where would you draw the line? You know, in, in other words, what I'm saying is, is everyone in the, on this planet is trying to get ahead. We're all trying to make money. We're all trying to get, you know, more successful. Yeah, exactly. Where do you draw the line? You and I are both rising stars. We're both trying to become, uh, I would assume, famous comedians or at least good comedians, if not. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) But um, so, yeah. So, so, you know, we as we're we have to dip our uh, toe, if you will, into the pool of dark triad uh, occasionally because we have to become a little bit self-serving. Um, but where do you draw the line? And, and so we as empaths uh, have to really be most aware of where that line is more than anyone else, because uh, if we don't, um, then uh, we uh, uh, could uh, be uh, lured into sociopathy because uh, it, it gets easier and easier over time. A lot of people think that um, being a sociopath or being a, an empath is um, – static that it doesn't change or move but it really does it's yeah. actually quite fluid uh, you can be yeah sorry and I'm, I, I if I'm hogging up the the, 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 no, no, the no. mic please yeah no, um, I love 
but but yeah, we we as uh, empaths, like you know, we are mostly empathic with possible uh, dark triad. We have, in other words, we have to have, uh, occasionally dip our toe into that world because uh, capitalism is inherently sociopathic. And a lot of people might think, really, you know, but think about it: business savvy, manipulating others to like you, manipulating others to buy your product. Uh, uh, confidence, cunning. I think that's how capitalism so. works. I mean, you can't really do anything like you can't let anything trickle down unless you have yourself. I mean, that's one of the main things. Like, you can't really provide services for others unless you're in a stable position to be able to do so. Yeah, absolutely. So that, I mean, that kind of concretes the more for me. I mean, and that lets these people go undetected, too, because they're like, oh, well, how is that person greedy? They're, they provide jobs to 100,000 people. Well, you look at that person's salary versus those other people's and probably just about as much as the 100,000 people doing it. But it's just a cost of business to be able to have to pay those people a living wage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they yeah. And that's the thing about a lot of corporations is that they're constantly thinking about their bottom line. And so. um They've gotten to a point, and you know, and that's the thing. Uh, you know, I'm a 47 year old uh, man. Uh, I'm a I'm a youthful looking uh, older guy, but um, and I'm still fairly fit. I'm a fitness runner, and so I I try to stay youthful and young and hip. And I'm hip. I'm cool. Anyway, that's old Austin Powers, but but yeah, we we in our society. Oh, I got I, I derailed. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Keith. I fucked up. I fucked up. Oh, it, it happens, man. I do that all the time. You know, it's <laughs> I feel like I have like ADHD sometimes. Well, no, it's just ADD. I'm not very hyperactive. I'm pretty I'm pretty slothful at times. You know, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm able to be, I will be. But yeah, you know, <laughs> talking about with the psychopaths, sociopaths, Machiavellianisms, narcissistic people, and just liars in general is. You know, the difference between psychopaths and sociopaths is psychopaths have no conscience whatsoever. They have no, like, internal dialogue or inner voice. Well, they have internal dialogue, but it's just with themselves. Like, there's nothing right. that's trying to pull them in the, like, direction right of which is right or wrong. They have no regard yeah. for other people. But sociopaths, Often, they'll, they'll, they'll steal from you, right? But they might, they'll feel a little guilty after it. Yeah, they and, can. They can. Um, well, and like I said, being that it's fluid, I think what it is is that most people don't think of themselves as a textbook definition of empath or sociopath. And so, like I said, it's very fluid. And so what you'll get are people who think of themselves as good guys um, because everybody's the good guy in their own story, right? And so and so nobody thinks of themselves as the asshole. Nobody thinks of themselves as the bad guy. And so everybody's trying to get ahead. Everybody's trying to survive. Everybody's trying to do their best to get come up in this world. Um, and so a lot of people, I think they lose sight over time, perhaps of where the, the line of decency is. And so, so it gets uh, more e- just easier over time for them to become more ruthless and cunning and for them to m- manipulate people and for them to, um, really, really turn on the charm in order to, uh, uh, you know, manipulate those around them. And so what I think is, is that there's a lot of sociopaths out there 
in the business world and not even the wealthy ones, just the guys that work with you, you know, in, in our little small towns around you and me, you know, Oregon and Kentucky, where just regular people who are driven and they're driven uh, through business cunning uh, to try to get ahead. And sometimes they don't always know where to draw the line. And so the more cunning they become, sometimes the more successful they become, but oftentimes they don't see that it's happening, but they're, they're, they're throwing their values out the window while doing it. That's a, that's a great point. And that's actually something I wanted to bring up is where do you draw the line between drive and an antisocial personality trait? It's, yeah. Know, if you have it, X amount of drive and zero amount of sociopathy or like trying to take advantage of people, like, eventually that drive's going to catch up and it's going to be, it's going to have to pull those traits out of you or you're going to have to suffer a little bit of a loss where you could have otherwise had a gain. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, uh, I'll use a good example because you and I met on Instagram and, uh, and, and uh, we kind of are both comedians and we're both empaths. And uh, I would say, you know, just from getting to know you, I, I can tell we, we share a lot of the same values. And so, um, you know, but Instagram is kind of a place where, like, uh, just for an example, like a regular person who's driven might interact with somebody and say, hey, good work, good job, you know, or nice, cute dog, or they'll interact in a way that feels natural. Whereas you've got other people that are like, you, you get that, where they're like, you know, they'll just, they'll just shit on your wall. They'll just go to your post and say, you know. Oh, you're you know, still, that's not the fun. That's not funny at all. Jesus. Why, why try to be funny. I thought you're a comedian. Yeah. They'll <laughs> either do that or they'll, or they'll simply leave their, their uh, advertising feces all over your post and just leave. They won't even oh. try to make it relevant to what you're saying. They'll, they don't even try to, it's just, you know, I think come, there's a beauty come, in that. Yeah, like the people yeah. that just they they don't even have a regard for like how like they have no self awareness. Basically, it's like they right. don't see how they're coming off. Like way to make an anti ad. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. You you keep saying uh, we're impasse. Like uh, something else interesting that I know or that I heard whenever I was listening to your podcast was you said that you weren't sure whether you embodied some of these traits of the dark triad. And, you know, I've kind of, um, I've dealt with that myself for a long time. I was under the impression, you know, maybe I'm just a high functioning, you know, person that's, you know, suffering from some anti-personal, uh, anti-social personality disorders, because, you know, it is not easy for me to, you know, give like props or, you know, congratulate other people on their successes whenever I don't feel successful myself. I have to make right. myself. And, well, and yeah. that, yeah, that's a great launching point for, for what I, you know, yeah, that's a very good point, Keith, because the thing of it is, is that being, having insecurities or, or not being able to be happy for others when you're down or sad yourself isn't necessarily a sign of being a dark empath or a sign of being a sociopath. It just might mean that, we're human. And so that's what I was meaning about it being having fluidity in the sense that um, you can be mostly empathic and still not always feel happy for others and their success because maybe those people. We're, we're gauging ourselves by that metric there. 
Well, maybe they, maybe the, maybe it all depends on context because perhaps this person, it's ill-gotten gains. Perhaps they got their success uh, because they were born on third base and their father helped them, or maybe perhaps they got success because, um, you know, they already had money and they already started out with something. And so, and so it's not, or maybe they're just assholes and we don't like them. And so we feel bad. We judge ourselves for kind of low key hating on them. Uh, when, and so as the empath in us, the, the pure empath in us feels guilt and shame that we would ever, um, lower ourselves to a point of not feeling gratitude or not feeling love for another person. And so I really do believe that the way you have to look at yourself as an empath is uh, just because you uh, sometimes uh, don't always feel uh, altruistic doesn't mean that you're not an empath. It just means that you're human. And so, you know, I, you know, and, and I spoke about this a lot on that one episode that you uh, listened to is that um, being uh, an empath uh, and, and trying to be a good person in a world that loves to break the rules and cut corners. Um, when you're the good guy, you can get tired of feeling like you're always doing the right thing when nobody else is. You know, there's no, you know, it's kind of like the old saying: everybody's out there trying to get theirs. Why can't I get my get mine? Right. And so, you can get jealous. You can get um, petty. You can get, um, uh, you know, angry. You can get you can get downright, like you said, antisocial about that. But that doesn't necessarily label you as a sociopath. It just means that we all get that way from time to time. It, if your better <laughs> angels usually allow you to get back. To where you usually are and you find your your you know your good your good inner goodness uh chances are uh you've learned from that experience because you're you know everything we do in life is is challenging our morality is challenging our sense of uh confidence uh and so yeah i mean you know i don't always feel nothing but love for everybody how could i people are assholes <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you know almost I mean? exclusively in the comedy. Yeah, industry. almost. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, nobody's nobody's listening to us. No one's listening uh, to us, Keith. Uh, 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 it's it's all good. I'm used to that. No, uh, there's a lot of other, there's a couple other big rooms going on right now. So whenever they let out, um, oh. that's usually we get a big influx. Or you know, oh, we're okay. actually talking about um, you know intellectual topics here, and you know sometimes that is poison. For you know, <laughs> a lot, of yeah. especially on Saturday night. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, there's, there's yeah. beer and titties out there right now. I mean, I can't say <laughs> you know which one I would probably gravitate towards more. I can absolutely say. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. I like this. So um, this would be good. See, this is where curating your audience comes into play. You know, like what you do with the recording afterwards. You know, the your right. uh, advertising. It's a yeah. skill. It's a testament to that, you know. And this I, is a conversation that I would find. You know, I would listen to myself. And oh yeah, me too. Me to my next point is: um, have you ever had to manufacture empathy or feign it? Yes. Because you find yourself in a situation that you don't necessarily feel bad at all, but you know everyone else is, so you feel like you have to match their emotions. Sure, sure. You know, I call that energetic chameleonism, where we have to kind of 
pretend sometimes, you know, to be grateful when we're not or to, to be compassionate when we're not, you know, because, and like I said, context really matters here because, you know, sometimes, you know, it's like if somebody at work gets a promotion and you have been really struggling hard to get that promotion and you don't get it. And now you have to show graciousness um, when you're actually feeling mortified that you didn't get it. You know, um, I don't think that makes you a, a bad person or makes you a sociopath. It just, it just means that, you know, there's a lot of different factors that go into uh, the emotional makeup of a person. And so you have to look at it as um, the, the first criteria is uh, empathy or lack of empathy. So that's our empathy, sociopathy spectrum. And then there's secondary traits as well, like emotional maturity uh, and emotional immaturity. And then context, of course. So if somebody you, you know, like say you have a friend and just every time they trip, they fall in a pile of shit and they end up smelling like a rose. People that just get dumb luck, dumb lucky all the time, you know, and those people, you know, after a while you start to think, God, what the hell, man? Why can't I ever find some, you know, success or why can't I ever, you know, get what they have? You know, it's easy. Um, and so where do you draw the line of um, where it becomes petty and a problem? Um, it has a lot to do with our own maturities as we yeah. grow. I mean, I'm not the same person I am now as I was 20, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. I mean, I had to learn and grow, you know, uh, you know, um, I, I think, I think it's just human nature um, to, to not always feel good for others. If you feel like what they got, they didn't deserve, or perhaps you feel like they already have too much, or maybe they're completely deserving and you still don't feel good for them. It could just mean that, you know, you don't know them well. And so contextually you, you, you can't emotionally get involved. It's like, uh, you know, Make if you don't know somebody, yeah. yeah, you may not think, Oh, boo, they got a, you know, boo for them. You may not think that, but, it, but you may just be kind of indifferent about it because we have this tendency in life to, um, you know, uh, the, the better we know somebody, the more, uh, we're going to be, uh, emotionally invested in their uh, success. So if you don't know somebody, um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're apathetic. It just means I don't know you very well and I, I don't have enough information to process whether or not you're deserving. So you just yeah. kind of. And then especially you know, like social media being targeted the way that it is, like it's hard to actually have the time or to figure out who is worth getting to know. Like we're yeah, by so many different people and personality types that you know to find yeah. the good ones you have to do a lot of digging. And you you run into a lot of emotionally stunted people. And yes, well, like it's with um like comedy and whatnot. What I'm trying to do here, I didn't even yeah. let my mother into the fact that you know I was trying to be a comedian until like a couple months ago, and <laughs> my hometown. Oh, oh, hell no. If if people think that racism yeah. and other types of you know, just prejudice are bad in Kentucky, oh, fuck, man, you ought to try doing something different or something that's just a little bit out of the norm. Yeah. You know, if you get, my friends were super supportive at first mm -hmm. whenever I wasn't doing well. 
And yeah. once I started getting a little bit of success and, you know, um, just being happier, I noticed that my friends started falling off and losing interest yeah. or even it's, just being actually um, kind of shitty, basically. And yeah. That fucking hurts I, a lot. I, and, I, I have no shortage of things to say about this because I'm in the very same shoes as you are. And, and yes, I think, you know, cause you know, I, I've talked about this on the podcast where um, I think there's a, a few groups, there's a few camps, if you will. There's the camp that um, thinks that you're just, you've lost the cheese on your cracker, that you're just crazy. You just lost it. And so they um, perhaps support you, but they just think you'll get it out of your system and then you'll go back to working in Target next year. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's just delusional Keith. He'll get over it. Yeah, yeah. They just think, oh, that's that that's a flight of fancy. He'll 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 outgrow that. You know, that's the one camp. Uh, and then there's the camp of uh, uh, happy for you, but don't understand. Um, and that's where a lot of my Facebook friends are. They're happy for me, but they don't understand. Um, and then there's the, the other camps, which are, uh, they're, they're not happy for you. Um, and some might have malice and some might be more neutral. You know, um, I think it depends on how much they know you, but I think there's a lot of people nowadays, you know, struggle, financial struggle, uh, trying to, uh, find validation, uh, trying to find success in a culture where nobody's helping us, um, is very hard. You know, it's like my podcast. I have 25 episodes out. I am very, very extraordinarily proud of it because nobody, and I mean, nobody helped me. It was all me, baby. It's, and, and, and when I die, it'll be out there in, in, in the ether, you know? Um, but it's funny because, you know, it's almost in spite of other people. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, if you can use that, if you can channel that negative energy uh, into a positive, then more power to you. Because, yeah, I think because I don't think I don't think everybody's uh, petty and small. I think there's people that are just very busy. And then there's some people that just don't get it, especially people from Oregon or, or Kentucky who are just kind of lower middle class working folk. They're simple. They don't understand technology and they don't understand that, that world. And so podcasting and comedy, what have you lost a goddamn mind boy? Get back to the, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. You know, they don't understand. And then there's those who I think do understand, but they expect it because it's not a teacher or a police officer. It's not traditional, you know? Yeah. It's outside of what they consider to be a normal occupation. So they're like, okay, well, um, he either thinks really highly of himself or um, yeah. he's delusional. And, yeah, you, know, you nailed uh, it. <laughs> you, you nailed it because I, I said it on my podcast, and I'm sorry to keep bringing up the podcast. I haven't mentioned the name. I'm not trying to promote. Uh, but well, promote away, man. That's oh, okay. For, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I will. Uh, but but you're right. Um, it, it, uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. Uh,